Welcome back to the Outreach Project. This is Josh. This is Zach. We are joined with... Kevin Jordan. Welcome. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> you've, uh, you've been quite invested from the, from the start of our journey. How, <laughs> how has it been, you know, watching us listen? And, and I've loved it. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm not your biggest fan, but uh, I do listen to all the episodes and enjoy getting to know new people and just mm-hmm. hearing the stories of people that I've known for years. And I think it's a great thing that you're doing. Yeah. Have you learned anything new about someone? Yeah. I mean, Tiberius, uh, most recently yeah. I knew nothing about him and, uh, beyond what he had shared on Sunday mornings. And so, you know, the whole ping pong thing just really was awesome to hear and got me excited about a matchup between he and uh, Ryan Ward. And I actually talked to Ryan about it. (laughs) And uh, so, yeah, I'm trying to make that happen. Yeah, um, I talked to Ryan about it, too. Did you? (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? It's awesome. I don't He wasn't, like, too excited. He was like, oh, I'm not that good or whatever. Is he pretty good? He's really good okay. at everything that he does, and he's also very humble, so he wouldn't, <laughs> he wouldn't act like he was excited about it even if he was. Because you're, you're quite the ping-pong player yourself. Would, I, you know, we're just talking about different leagues here, though, I yeah. think. You know, I mean, in terms of my brothers or whatever, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Tiberius? Probably not. Probably not. Maybe he's doing that evangelism class maybe after that we can like get out a table and yeah maybe <laughs> we got one in the youth worship center yeah that'd be that'd be cool <laughs> that would be cool yeah and we should uh, invite kent longabaugh as well he's a really he's good, good. Ping pong t- players maybe we can well. have a first church tournament i'm in okay <laughs> you, you know a guy's for real when he brings his own paddle for ping pong who does that i, I bet tiberius does <laughs> Yeah, I don't have a special one, but I might get one for that kind of <laughs> situation. <laughs> Maybe we can, we can like sponsor it or whatnot. And <laughs> if you come, you have to be on an episode after. <laughs> I'll bring pizza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sweet. Um, do you want to tell us just a bit about yourself, what you do, and who you are? Yeah. Um, let's see. I work at Schrader Real Estate and Auction Company. I'm, uh, real estate broker in a couple states and help out with technology stuff uh, with the office and our auctions. Um, dad of five great kids, husband to my wife, Jill, for 23 years. Um, yeah, lived in Columbia City since I was uh, started fourth grade. Okay. And where were you born? I was born in Indianapolis, Indiana. Indianapolis. Yeah, parents lived in Brownsburg, but uh, I... Went back to the Methodist Sports Clinic years ago for a knee surgery, and it was like old home week because I was born down there. <laughs> Did people recognize you? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, a couple autographs, but no. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not at all. But uh, do love Indianapolis. and Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you do for fun? What do you enjoy? Some hobbies? Yeah. Well, with five kids, uh, <laughs> we spend a lot of time going to sporting events yeah. and stuff like that. But uh, Jill and I like to travel and pretty active social you know, circles that we stay busy with. So we don't like to sit at home very much and do nothing. But, um, you know, it's it's good to be active well, you can, I guess. I'm getting old, uh, yeah. Josh. You don't know what that's like. <laughs> um, rumor has it you're in a fantasy football league right now. Um. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> rumor has it that you guys are in my same 
fantasy football um, league. Um, oh, no, league. not Zach. That's right. Other people. Sorry, <laughs> I Zach. politely declined this year. I got too much on my plate. Yeah, it seemed like your name was in the mix there. For yeah, you have too much on your plate for five minutes a week. That's <laughs> crazy, I'm, I'm man. That busy. <laughs> yeah, the the yeah, Jordan and friends <laughs> fantasy football it's league. It's grown. So, yeah, this is week two tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Addie and I are head to head, and it's pretty close. But uh, I think she's got two players left, and I've only got one. So I don't. I actually really like your odds tonight. Is that right? Yeah, that's um, good to hear. It's not good to root for someone being out at all, but you have the Browns tight end, <laughs> and their number one receiver is out. So he might have some opportunity. I don't know. Well. Clearly, you know more about this stuff than I do. I just go by the projected points and see what happens. Yeah, I listen to some podcasts. <laughs> Fantasy footballers, if you're listening, I love your show, but they're not. They're not. Listening. They're not. <laughs> no, podcasts are great. I I love I love podcasts. I haven't listened to a fantasy football once, but you know, I, I'm so happy that uh, podcasts came around when they did. Yeah. You know, and just being able to track things that you're interested in and kind of have it fed back to you when you find something that mm-hmm. you really like. So I think it's awesome. What's what's your most listened to podcast of all time? Other than you? No, we're not your most. <laughs> like all time. <laughs> all time. Um, you know, there's this website uh, called fool.com, The Motley Fool, which is an investing website. And, you know, I got onto a weekly podcast from them years ago, and I haven't listened to it recently, but mm-hmm. I'm sure if uh, we were to tally all the episodes, it would be them. Uh, they're just really, um, you know, in terms of not getting swept away by big news and all that stuff in terms of investing. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's a good group and they put out good content and I really like it. Yeah. That's sweet. Let's, uh, let's do a little throwback. Okay. Let's talk about growing up. You grew up here in Columbia city since fourth grade, you said. Yeah. Yeah. So how was that? It was good. I love Columbia city. It's a great place to be from and a great place to come home to. I travel quite a mm-hmm. bit for work and, I'm always very happy to come back here where you can, you know, leave your doors unlocked occasionally and not worry about something walking away other than uh, you guys coming over to my house to do your laundry or whatever. <laughs> but uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, the, uh, uh, growing up here really provided a lot of opportunity. I mean, my, my dad was a local pastor. My mom was a school teacher. So by default, we kind of knew a lot of people yeah. in the community and, you know, that was really looking back really cool. You know, we were transplanted here with no family, but all of a sudden, you know, friends from church or whatever, you know, all of a sudden I had uncle Ron and aunt Nancy Meyer, you know, who aren't related to me, but, uh, <laughs> you know, took us under uh, our wings. And if I had any school thing that mom and dad couldn't go to, I had aunt Nancy to come and, you know, just, Really, that's just one example of people yeah. that just surrounded us and loved on us as we grew up. And, um, you know, I think there's still a lot of that going on today with with our kids and, and uh, the generations as it goes. So very thankful to be here. Yeah. Did you think growing up you'd stay here for long term? Well, I didn't stay here. Um, after I graduated college, uh, moved to Illinois working yeah. in Peoria, Illinois, and wasn't sure exactly where life would take us, and and uh, Jill and I got married and lived there for a short time until we started to think about having a family. And when we got to that point, we 
had to decide whose family, you know, we wanted to come back and be with because raising a family is difficult enough, but uh, it's really difficult if you don't have a good support system mm-hmm. around you. So looked for jobs in southern Indiana and, and also up here and just kind of put it in the Lord's hands where we would end up, whether closer to her family or ours, and ended up being up here. Okay. So <clears throat> what initially brought your family to Columbia City back when you were in fourth grade? Yeah. Um, so my dad... Uh, got into being a pastor sort of later in life. And so he had gone to uh, seminary in Chicago for a few years. And it was really uh, a time when my mom really stepped up, you know, dad was gone. Like we'd see him every other weekend, you know, he'd Mm -hmm. come home or I guess occasionally we'd go to Chicago and, and see him. But, uh, you know, there were several years when I was what, two or three or I guess second and third grade that uh, that he was gone um, a lot. But then once he finished that up, then kind of did the job search thing and ended up taking a church, Troy Presbyterian Church um, between here and Warsaw. And so, yeah, a group of people that we'd never met before came down and loaded us up on a truck and brought us to town. <laughs> and, you know, and it's funny because a lot, so, several of those people go to church here now. And oh, uh, so cool. I still see people that were just a huge part of our relocation to Columbia City many, many years ago. Yeah. And then through middle school and high school, you played basketball? Yeah, I did. Um, and other sports in middle school, but ultimately okay. basketball was kind of my thing. Um I don't know if you've seen the pictures, Josh, but there's pictures of me yep. in eighth grade where it's like, you know, a lot of shorter people. And then me, because I was this height, uh, about, you know, six two, which isn't like super huge, but in for some, middle school, yeah, yeah middle school. It was. <laughs> so yeah, I enjoyed some success in basketball for no other, not because I was great, but probably because I was just big mm-hmm. and, uh, that somewhat translated into high school, but I ended up getting hurt and having a couple knee surgeries and back issues. So it didn't really end up where I thought, or maybe some other people thought it would be, but you know, that's the way life is. Sometimes you can't control what you can't control. Do you want to share to the people how many games you lost in middle school? (laughs) Again, I was on a team. It wasn't (laughs) just me, but yeah, I, I have poked at some of my other friends that went to other middle school, you know, other schools in the <laughs> county that we, I never lost a basketball game in middle school. <laughs> I can't tell you how many I won, but we didn't lose any. <laughs> That's huge. Well, That's, not anymore. But. Yeah, it's, yeah, and it was the county schools. It wasn't like Indian Springs where you, uh, we were just playing all the Kwesi and uh, Edna Troy, and mm-hmm. although I think Columbia stopped playing us, playing us because we <laughs> beat them so bad. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, it was uh, it was a fun time. But, but again, it's like anything else; it's the grass is always greener, right? I was so much taller than everybody else; I just didn't feel comfortable in my own skin for many, many years, and part, partly because they didn't have a jersey that would fit me, so it was a little awkward. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, it was it was fun for what it was, and some of those people that. You know, we play, or I played with and played against back then, or are some of my best friends mm-hmm. still today. You know, um, Kent Long and I, uh, Kent Longenbaugh and I met actually not on the basketball floor, but at Bandorama, which is like this uh, county schools get together for band thing. <laughs> and uh, we both played trumpets, and uh, I was in eighth grade and he was in seventh grade, and you know, we've basically been best friends ever since. Trump trumpet is the best middle school band instrument. I'm a little biased, but yeah, no, again, my, my mom, 
<laughs> Didn't you only play trumpet for like a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Were you on you were on saxophone? Oh yeah, bro. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, Jill played saxophone. Um, my mom was very musical but played trumpet or cornet, I think. But uh yeah, so that was something we all had to learn how to play the piano and we had to either be in choir or band in school. So uh I went with the trumpet. It's a good choice, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I, you know, I can still rattle off the really? Purdue fight song. Or, uh, <laughs> Do you have scale. one? I have several. <laughs> Maybe we could get a band together. Possibly, yeah. Jill's still got her sax. Get the bandorama back together. <laughs> There's some excellent songs from back in the day that I think we could dust off and make happen. <laughs> Let's do it. We can do it during the ping pong tournament. <laughs> Maybe after. <laughs> serenade, serenade the victor. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Quick animation. And then, oh. and then at the end, too. <laughs> and then you went to Purdue for college. I did, you know, and <clears throat> I never really thought about much about going anywhere else. You know, Ryan Ward was on here before, like we mentioned. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he went to Rose Holman, and I had been accepted at Rose. Uh, but at the time, there were no girls there. And so when I found that out, it was like, this is an easy decision. <laughs> I, I was going to go to Purdue. But uh, my parents uh, met at Purdue. Two of my three older brothers had gone to Purdue. And mm-hmm. so I'd been there a lot growing up and felt very comfortable um, making that decision. And in-state tuition, you know, can't be beat most of the time. So now I was thrilled to, to go there and, and uh, study. It was one of those times I look back very fondly and, you know, if I could do it all over again, I, I would do the exact same thing. Yeah. What did you study? I studied uh, engineering. Yep. My mom was a math teacher and, you know, math and just sort of the STEM topics mm-hmm. all came fairly easy for me in high school. And so mm-hmm. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but, uh, you know, kind of the top. Yeah top degree that I could think of that sort of was along those things was engineering. So that's what I went into. But what I didn't know was how little I actually knew. I was pretty high in my high school graduating class as far as GPA, but then you get to Purdue and there's just people at a whole different level of understanding. And so, yeah, I went from being a very successful student to a really mediocre student in, in college, but got through it. And graduated? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. So you get degrees. I think I, yeah, I think I made the dean's list maybe once or, oh, shoot. you know, I don't know. <clears throat> not, not very often, but got through it. So no, it was good. And, and I did a lot of, uh, work during school. So I got kind of got to understand what an engineer's life was like. I worked, uh, at Depew in Warsaw and real craft here in town and GE over in Fort Wayne. And, and so really got a feel for that and figured out pretty quick. That's not what I wanted to do anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so then what got you into what you do now? Yeah. Um, well, so about halfway through college, I went to my, um, Oh, the guidance counselor or whatever at Purdue and was like, hey, I think I want to change majors. And uh, she pulled up my grades and she's like, well, you're you're not flunking. And I said, well, yeah, but I don't I don't think I want to be an engineer mm-hmm. anymore. And she said, listen, just if you can do it, get the degree and then go do something else. So <laughs> I picked up a, a minor in management and uh, my last couple of years at Purdue, I worked at Caterpillar. Uh, which they have a plant there in Lafayette. Mm-hmm. So I was working and going to school at the same time. And 
long story, but I, when I had been working at GE, I became aware that they had like a, uh, executive training program at GE, and it was interesting to me, but I didn't end up staying there. So when I was thinking about graduation and stuff at Caterpillar, I just started asking to see if they had uh, something similar, and they had a they call it the marketing training program. And okay. so yeah, I called, figured out who was in charge of that, and and uh, called him, and basically found out that my well. I guess before I called him, I, I found out that my GPA wasn't sufficient to be part of the program, <laughs> so uh, so I wouldn't let that stand in my way. So I called the guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just sort of said, "Hey, let's get together." And somehow he agreed when uh, he was in town, and so we met and got into that after college, which was a really cool transition um, with Caterpillar. It was uh, kind of a class situation where it was like twenty or twenty-five of us that all had just graduated or, you know, were making that transition. Mm-hmm. And we spent a lot of time together. We traveled all over the United States to all of Caterpillar's um, manufacturing facilities. And I just had a great time. Um, and I'm still friends with some of those people uh, from that class. So it was really cool. But ultimately, the program had you moving every two to three years, like for the rest of your career. Oh, And so... Once you kind of figured that out and Jill and I were together and married and trying to look out into the future, that just wasn't really conducive to family that we wanted to to do. So it was a great opportunity and a great program and Caterpillar's a great company, but it just wasn't long-term what what we wanted to be like as parents and, and spouses. Yeah, which makes total sense. That Yeah, and those are hard decisions, you know. I mean, you kind of grow up wanting to you know, be successful and, mm-hmm. and all those things. But certainly some of the best things in life aren't the worldly things and and certainly having a family and being there to enjoy, which I'm still busy and I travel a lot still, but I don't think it's, you know, at least we're rooted in Columbia City. Yeah. And, and you the don't kid, have to the, relocate every two years. <laughs> yeah, I may be gone, but the kids are still at home. So, uh, yeah, I think it, it all works out. Yeah, and so you were in Illinois for that Caterpillar training thing. You moved back after that, and did you have a job lined up? or? Yeah, just- well, we can back up. You know, Jill and I uh, started dating. Uh, boy, she's going to get mad at me for not knowing this exactly. We'd known each other, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think we started dating in, in like, March. And we can cut that out. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> she knows that that I forget things, but uh, we started dating, I think like in March or maybe February of the year I was graduating in May. Mm -hmm. And so we sort of had to get things figured out pretty quick if if we were going to try and make it work because we were going to have a year of long distance relationship coming up pretty quick. And and so we we did make it work. And and I don't know if, if you guys have ever done that type of thing, but, uh, you know, it, it takes a lot out of you sometimes just being away. And this is back in the day where you actually had to pay for long distance telephone calls and all that stuff. And I guess we had email, but we didn't really do that as much. But then a week after she graduated from college, which was the year after I graduated, we got married and uh, she came over. So, um, I was there, I think, a little less than two years. She was there for a little less than a year. Mm-hmm. And, um, again, we just started down that path of wanting to get back 
to family. So yeah, I had a headhunter, I guess, that I somehow got hooked up with and um, ended up taking a job in Auburn. Okay. And uh, commuting every day from here to Auburn for, for work and worked there for a few years. Um, you know, went through what some people go through in their lives of getting downsized. You know, I, uh, it's, it happens and it really makes you feel like you're about six inches tall. And, mm-hmm. and especially we were newly, um, pregnant and it was, again, as a, as a man and as a provider to lose your job really, um, is humbling. Yeah. But I look back on that now and just see God's hand in it. You know, he had kind of been working in my life. Um, I mean, he's always working, right? But he had specifically been working in my life um, and and really, you know, spoke to me and said I needed to get involved prior to getting losing my job. He had honestly just told me that I needed to get involved with my community, (laughs) which, Mm -hmm. again, seems weird. And it wasn't audible, but it was just something that was really clear on my heart, Uh, which isn't like me because, you know, I'm selfish now, but I was much more selfish back then, especially with my time. And and um, but it was clear that that's what he wanted me to do. And Jill was working at the community foundation at the time. And they were going through a large grant proposal and needed some help with some uh, technology stuff and and uh, just another person on that team. So I joined the team and kind of got reunited with uh, a teacher from Columbia City High School that uh, was also part of the team and had talked to him about some of the needs that uh, that they were having as far as data. So again, God had worked it all out in advance. And so I lost my job on a Friday and called um, this gentleman and and asked him if there was work and he said, yeah, Hey, why don't you start on Monday? (laughs) So again, that Friday was pretty hard, but again, God, uh, was there and providing the way and opening the doors. So yeah, I started literally the next Monday, um, not as an employee, but as a contractor and, uh, you know, spent several years with Whitley County schools working for them. Yeah. That's neat. You've been pretty gifted in technology and whatnot. Well, I think it, you know, probably came from Purdue and the engineering yeah. degree and stuff. Um, when I was at Purdue, maybe the freshman or sophomore year, it was really just when um, the Internet, as people know it today, which is, I guess, you know, to geek out on you, the, the World Wide Web um, was really just starting. I mean, the Internet had been around for mm-hmm. many years as far as a network of computers, and especially when it come, came to um universities being connected, that was sort of a early, early version of what we think of as the internet today. But uh, Netscape and the World Wide Web and web browsers, you know, really just started happening when I was early in my college uh, years. So anyway, just sort of rode that wave of what this new thing is. And I kind of just have always sort of had an interest, but also just an understanding of how it all works, which, mm-hmm. you know, that's part of the battle is, yeah. you, you know, you look at something, you're like, I have no idea how that thing works. I'm not going to touch it versus, hey, I kind of get it. You know, I'm not scared of that. I'll push some buttons and see what happens. So, um, yeah, that's that's really me. Uh, so, yeah, my hobby, I don't really have hobbies. I don't really hunt or fish or anything else, but, uh, you know, I do some technology uh, work for my work, but also, you know, help some people 
um, outside of work too. And, and it's really been a blessing. It's something that's easy to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, where was I going with this? And then what do you do like day in and day out with your current job then? Cause yeah. you, you're all over the place and yeah. live streaming and whatnot. Yeah. It's the neat thing about what I do is there's no two days that are alike. Yeah. Um, and things change pretty quickly. Uh, just always kind of say, Hey, you go where the work is. Right. And so we get phone calls some days and, um, you know, I may think that I'm going to be in Columbia city all week and then I get a phone call and I'm on a plane to Wisconsin or California or whatever to go look at properties or, or, you know, work on my auction or somebody else's auction or whatever. So yeah, it's, it's really interesting in that way. Um, because there, there isn't a typical nine to five, which is good and bad, right? Sort of, uh, always on and sort of always communicating, but, uh, but also, it's it's not manual labor either, and so you know I'm very thankful f- for that. But yeah, the technology side of of the auction industry, you know, has has seen especially during COVID this explosion of live streaming, like mm-hmm. you said, and and um, you know making it more accessible to people to participate wherever they are. So I've had the opportunity to be a part of our team and sort of uh, figuring that stuff out, and you know part of that is just brainstorming on how it should look. And part of that is, you know, plugging stuff together and, and, uh, <laughs> seeing if it does what yeah. you think it's going to do. <laughs> so, uh, that's been a lot of fun. Uh, and again, I've got a lot of freedom with work in regards to that kind of stuff, which mm-hmm. is, which is nice. Um, but when it doesn't work right, then, then it's on me too. So it's, it's, it is what it is, but I wouldn't have it any other way really. And, and, uh, it keeps things very, Lively, and I meet new mm-hmm. people all the time, and that's part of it. That's just really exciting for me because you know, like I said, you don't know by the end of the week who else uh, you're going to meet. And we've got some great mentors in the in the company, and one of them, uh, Gene Klingman, you know, is just really, really put out that whole idea that hey, meeting people and making connections, and um, not just for work type things, you know, not, mm-hmm. not that you're trying to take advantage of that, but just being open to whatever door God may open has really yeah. been uh, an awesome experience that I've gotten to do for 20 plus years at Schrader's. Yeah. I guess Gene, like many people on here, like Tiberius and then Pastor Joel knew him and what. Yeah. So he's clearly lived that out by knowing people. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You know, and, and Gene can tell his own story, but he's been involved, you know, in leadership here at church, I think years ago um, with Pastor George and, and then sort of as behind the scenes for many years. And I think he's been on the board of some uh, other Christian organizations. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's gotten to know a lot of people over the years and, you know, and he's still super active uh into later stages of life, which, you know, if you're able to do that, then, then your networks are going to continue to grow yeah. and you're going to know a lot of people and they're going to know you as well. So yeah, Gene's been a, a, a great friend and a great mentor for many years. Good. Yeah. Um, so earlier you said God called you to be more connected to community. Um, we love that clearly. Yeah. This is what it's about. Um, do you want to talk a little about some stuff you're connected in right now? Yeah. Um, well, outside of work, uh, I've been connected here at church mm-hmm. for many years. Uh, in this room, actually, I just was thinking about it 
earlier, when we first started coming to First Church, uh, again, around 2000 or maybe 2001, dear friends of ours, the Longabaws, had invited mm-hmm. us to be a part of their small group, and it was actually in this room, and it was led by um, uh, Pastor Martin, uh, uh, shoot, I should know their names, um, Jim Martin and Carolyn Martin. You'll have to cut yeah. that part out. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they invited us to be a part of that small group. And Jim and Carolyn were just awesome uh, leaders. And I think we started with maybe five or six couples in that group. Okay. You know, the Freemans and uh, the Popes and the Loganbaws and a couple other folks. And then in a short course of several years, we had exploded up to like 80 people and we were meeting across the hall in the, what mm-hmm. they used to call the choir room. And, uh, so anyway, they were really intentional about speaking into people's lives and challenging them as far as, um, getting involved at church and discipleship. And so we ended up leading a small group with, uh, Jeremy and Maureen Freeman years after that and had been involved with adult ministries here at church and still, still am to a certain degree until, uh, very recently on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. And when we switched over to the, the high schoolers, but yeah, I love being a part of the community here at first church. And, um, but beyond that, I am on the board of, uh, Columbia city connect, which is, uh, sort of a downtown business, but a little bit bigger than that, but do like, first Fridays and yeah. some other things. And so, yeah, it's, it's been interesting to really get focused through that group on the downtown businesses. And it makes sense. We, we live two blocks from there. So mm-hmm. it's something near and dear that uh, I drive by every day. So it's good to know what's who, going on. Who leads that? Um, well, so we've got a, a executive director, Nikki, who does a great job. Um, the board of five or six is kind of in flux right now, but uh, uh, Nikki is the big uh, push, I guess, on okay. that group. And, and she and I came on about the same time a couple of years ago. So it's been cool to see her grow and, um, yeah, just see what, what's going on downtown. I mean, I, don't, I assume you guys go to First Fridays occasionally or yeah. some of those things, and it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then recently you took on that high school teaching in the morning, as you said, how's that been? Has that been challenging or? Yeah, well, it, I should preface by saying that, uh, most of the time it's not me, you know, I'm, I'm there and I'm uh, helping, but, mm-hmm. uh, Jim Settler, uh, up until recently had been leading the entire group of freshmen through seniors, which is a, a huge group. And so a couple of, uh, Valor Guype and myself and Garrett Vandersaw, you know, we were part of that. And recently we've split the freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors. And so I'm not with Jim right now. We're actually with, uh, Ryan Ward. We're going yeah. through, um, a study with him and, and it's awesome. But, uh, yeah, Jim, had sort of stepped back from that ministry and um, he had been a part of a ministry that Jill and I do on Sunday nights called starting point. And so just talking to him, you know, it, it was a lot of reasons for him stepping back when he did, but part of it was just, he 
wanted help, you mm-hmm. know, and so I'm like, hey, you, you're helping me with starting point and, you know, from a certain point of view. And although he does a lot more, you know, we help each other. But I said, hey, I'd love to get together with you if you would be willing to, to continue that ministry with the high schoolers because he's so gifted and, yeah. you know, he just relates really, really well and better than I will ever uh, relate to that age group. And, and so we kind of were able to help each other and, and uh, I don't think he's mad at me for bringing him back, but uh, you know, no, I, I'm upset to not be with him here in this little short season, but it's been great. You know, he's uh, such a, a man after God's own heart and, and uh, the time and, and uh, just investment that he makes in the young people at First Church, the young people of our community. Mm-hmm. It's just really awesome. And I've learned so much from him. Yeah. And then you've been on leadership team. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I've i never sought out after anything like that. Yeah. But uh, years ago, you know, being a small group leader kind of puts you on a radar, <laughs> I guess. Um, I, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily the 80-20 rule here at church, you know, where 20% of the people do 80% of the, of the things. But it's something along those lines, or at least those are the people that first get you know, asked. Mm-hmm. Actually, it wasn't leadership that I got asked to be on. It was a building committee uh, when we added on to this building. Oh. And so being a part of that group with like Rex Schrader and Jerry Walker, uh, some, you know, just people from the church that are past now, but just really had a huge hand in a lot of what we enjoy around here. And uh, so, yeah, we were on that kind of praying over what what the Lord would have for that and the finances of it. And, you know, just trying to dream what the next generation here at first church would need as far as space and Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So that was my first real experience with, you know, I guess leadership, um, or, or sort of uh, that kind of meeting, uh, or group that would meet and and come together and try to achieve something. And and we, we did achieve a, a, a great, Addition, and I think it's really been used in, in really, really awesome ways uh, over the years, and, and really not so much because of our team, but just because the church came together and made it happen. You know, and our church uh, is very, very blessed financially. At that time, it was a much bigger leap uh, than maybe it would be if we were to do something like that today. And um, but, but again, the church got behind it, and and we're all enjoying the extra, uh, yeah. <laughs> space on the, uh, in the building today. So yeah, the whole, uh, you know, children's worship wing down there past a certain point, you know, was, was added on during that time. So, and then after that sometime, uh, Jeremy Freeman was on, um, the board and had, I guess sort of looked at me and, uh, I, these people, when they do this, um, I don't know if you've ever had that situation where somebody looks at you and they say, Hey, I think you can do this. You, you, you have this inside of you. You may not know that you have it, but I see it. And let me help you get this mm-hmm. ability or willingness or whatever out of you. And again, Jim and Carolyn Martin did that, uh, to Jill and I years ago. And Jeremy Freeman was another one that sort of said, Hey, let's, let's get you out of your shell a little bit. Let's, um, you know, come and be a part of, of the stewardship team. And so, yeah, um, ended up being on the stewardship team for uh, two terms, which is eight yeah. years. 
and rolled off of that a few years ago. I don't time flies. I can't remember exactly when that was, but yeah, you know, being there for that eight years and being able to experience our church become debt free, you know, our church be able to do uh, a renovation and, and all these things was just really awesome to see people come together and, and give sacrificially. Yeah. And boy, it's, it's really eye opening, and, and in some ways it can be difficult, you know, to, to be a part of the business of the church. And, and I know that sometimes people struggle with that, but uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's necessary. <laughs> and I think if you have the right perspective on it, it, you know, it's it's a it's a ministry like anything else. You got to give sacrificially to it, or or it's going to die on the vine. So that's been um, eye opening and kind of led to, I guess, uh, a group that I'm on now, which is the Pastor Search Committee, mm-hmm. which has really again just sort of been stretching and and you know a lot, uh, just really praying over with the team what this next season for First Church of God looks like in terms of a lead pastor. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so, yeah, you guys tell, yeah, what what do you think our next new pastor should look like? I'm curious from your perspective. Oh, man. Uh, what? <laughs> um, six, six, about <laughs> white, white, or blonde hair. Okay. <laughs> no. All right, let me write this down. To <laughs> um... Yeah, I would. The most important is just a man of after God's heart, um, who doesn't lead. Not leading with words is important, but leads with action, leads well. Um, but then also believes the Bible wholeheartedly and lives that out. Um, I think that's kind of a given, though. Um, Something that's not a given. I I personally love when leadership inside the church is actively serving. Um, so seeing elders serve, like Rick Sunday morning serving, is awesome. Um, Jeff serves in many different ways. Um, many others. I'm not just singling them out. Um, but a senior pastor that just wants to serve, wants to love God, believes the word, but then grow his kingdom while growing our community, um, which is a common answer, I feel like, and pretty broad, but I mean, a, a lot of what Josh said, just somebody that's deeply rooted in Scripture and that intentionally um, seeks out a relationship with God, but then also shepherds the people of the church mm-hmm. and helps them to know God more. And then also just like serves in the community. I mean, serving at church or at First Friday or like yeah. just in the actual community, not just in the church community. And like people get along with him well and he's just a good presence to be around, I think is important. You don't want someone approachable, I guess is the word. Well, what, what do you look for? <laughs> well... <laughs> I mean, all those things, you know, are great. And the, the elders have put together, you know, a yeah. pro- profile of, of what, you know, from their point of view, what the next pastor should uh, embody. And so we've got that. We've got a, a team, an outside firm that's helping us yeah. try and uh, 
narrow that down into candidates and and so yeah it's it's you know boy if, if god wasn't in this it would be an impossible thing mm-hmm. and but we know he's with us and we know he's in it and so we know that that person's out there and so it's just a matter of being patient and being diligent and praying about it and just leaning into him and you know and for our team just trying to stay united yeah. over it as we go through this process and you know that's uh, so important uh, you know not just in our team but in our, our entire church you know there's there's probably not going to be one person out there that checks all the boxes right and so it's um, a matter of just trusting that God's going to bring the person that that is the right mix mm-hmm. and that we'll all sort of know it when we see it you know and I think you know, again, we Tiberius was on. I think listening to him on a Sunday morning and, and knowing that he's going to be our interim pastor for the next few months. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I have so much peace with that because yeah. I, I I hear him and where his heart is, and and I'm I'm so at you know just really the joy that he brings the gospel message with. And, and again, he's, he's doing that on Sunday morning and a, a lead pastor is going to have to do a lot of other things too. And, but you know, I think that's the kind of peace that we're looking for, mm-hmm. um, with a candidate and ultimately, um, a person to fill that position. And so we're not there yet, but, uh, again, just trusting in the Lord that, uh, that he has that person. And, and when, when we meet, we'll know. Yeah. So that's, uh, again, something to, to pray for anybody listening or watching this, you know, certainly just lift our church up in prayer on that. You know, that's, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take all of us, uh, just really relying on God and, um, his will for our church and, and just, you know, thy will be done. And that's, that's what we're after. Well, whatever he wants is what. Yeah, we, we need as right, and in our you know in our flesh, it's like oh my gosh. I mean, I hope we can all agree, and yeah. you know, I hope that person exists, and I hope it's not a unicorn that we're chasing after or whatever. So, but again, in in Christ, all things are possible, and and so that's what we're going to lean into and and believe. Yeah, it's going to take. So, what elders make a profile and whatnot, and you guys have criteria. Is it? Do you guys discern like, hey, maybe our criteria isn't what God wants for us in a senior pastor or I don't know. Does that make sense? Uh, well, I mean, ultimately, yeah, I guess I don't know exactly what you're saying, but it, I mean, our team's under authority and, you know, serving on boards at church. I mean, I've really always tried to be very cognizant of authority. OK, we're all under God's authority. Um, my kids are under my authority. I'm under my boss's authority at work, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so I want to try and keep these things, uh, in line because otherwise I start thinking things I shouldn't be thinking or taking steps that aren't, aren't mine to take. And so again, I think, uh, the outline or the profile that the lead pastors or that the elders, I'm sorry, had put together for lead pastor is, is broad enough that it's not, you know, yeah. uh, a particular person of a particular age necessarily, but, uh, you know, there's some experience things mm-hmm. that it would be mm-hmm. nice and, um, some educational things that would be nice, you know, you got to yeah. sort of start somewhere. Yeah. So, um, those things are out there, but again, it's, it's broad enough that I think God could bring 
a candidate that is from the other side of the world and, and it wouldn't preclude yeah. you know that person if that's what God's will that is. makes sense yeah. yeah that's good um where else have you served because you started Richmond talked a little bit about starting with you in children's ministry and whatnot what yeah uh well I'd, I'd forgotten about that you know um we've done some Sunday night stuff back years ago before we started doing starting point on Sunday nights. Yeah. We would serve together uh, with Mindy Hoffman, who's uh, yeah. part of the staff. She had a different role back then and uh, was in charge of the children's ministries. And so served alongside her on Sunday nights and, you know, holding babies in the nursery and stuff on Sunday morning. So yeah, you kind of just go where the needs are and, you know, I try to be kind of open. Yeah. Sometimes it puts me out of my comfort zone. Um, you know, I've kind of, it's funny, not, I'd never really grown up being the kind of guy that liked to hold babies or anything like that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think through that ministry, but also our kids of our own, you know, my wife makes fun of me cause I'm, you know, I'm like the baby whisperer. And I think, I think it's just because I'm a big guy and I'm, I'm warm <laughs> so on, Sunday, on Sunday mornings when we'd be in there, you know, if, if somebody was having a, uh, you know, if a baby was having an issue and, you know, was crying, I, I'd, I'd be the one to be like, oh, let me let me give it a shot. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, more times than not, try to get the kid to sleep here pretty quick or whatever, or just yeah. happy. So, um, you know, it's one of those things, again, that it was never part of my personality, probably when I was younger or whatever. But, you know, God takes what you're willing to do and, and takes you places you wouldn't wouldn't ordinarily think you'd end up. So yeah, that was one of them, but you know, serving with Dave, um, you know, our friendship has been so meaningful, uh, over the years. He, uh, he helped me. I, I turned 33 many years ago and kind of got to a point in my life where I was like, okay, I'm 33 years old. Christ, you know, lived on the earth for 33 years. And, uh, I've done that and I've never read the Bible cover to cover, you know, mm -hmm. besides just quoting it here or there or whatever. And so um, Dave Richmond and uh, another gentleman named Dave Mosier, which is Pastor Penny's son, we all got together and bought, you know, read the Bible in a year Bibles and yeah. and really just were determined to do that. Now, Dave Mosier, uh, who I'm not sure if you know him, but he's awesome and he's very convicted and, and, uh, disciplined. <laughs> he, he got it done in a year, but Dave and I, uh, took the one year Bible and, and did it in two years, but we got through it. Hey, it works. Yeah, it was. And it was such a blessing. I mean, just really storing God's word in your heart. Yeah. Um, you know, that's, that's just fuel for the Holy, Holy spirit to, to work on you and, and, uh, guide you and direct you in your life. And, you know, I, I'm so thankful for, you know, brother in Christ coming alongside me and helping me, yeah. you know, with that. I think that's what we got to do for each other. And, and, um, you know, Dave was a huge part of that, but it really just started me down a path of, of daily Bible reading and, and being in God's word. And it's, you know, here we are many years later and that's, that's still first thing in the morning when mm -hmm. I get up, that's, that's what I do. And, um, it's just been a huge blessing to just try to stay rooted in, in Christ in that way. Yeah. Um, you mentioned starting point right there. You want to explain what that is? Yeah. I was trying to remember how we even got 
into starting. Yeah. I don't remember which pastor or, or staff member it was that had asked us to do it. But many years ago, um, again, we were leading small group with Jeremy and Maureen, I think still at that time. But anyway, uh, the four of us started doing starting point, which starting point is a, um, it's some materials that are put out by a church in Atlanta, Georgia, um, called North point, which is like, I guess if you had older people listening, which you may or may not, they would know like, uh, Charles Stanley, who was like a TV preacher many, many years ago, his son, Andy Stanley, um, you know, is kind of a mega church pastor down there and, you know, uh, some people may not exactly like Andy these days, but certainly um, back then, you know, I think as I listened to again and again, some of his messages from 20 plus years ago or maybe 15 years ago, you know, he's just so spot on with so many things. And uh, so this uh, curriculum, I guess, came out of that church. And so it's really awesome for uh, new believers or non-believers or don't know believers kind of mm-hmm. things. And so uh, we started doing it on Sunday morning here at the church and kind of ran short on time. We did it for many years on in Sunday morning, but that hour, you know, is just slightly too short uh, to be able yeah. to have some of the conversations that end up com- coming up. And so we moved to Sunday night there somewhere along the line. And, and uh, you know, we weren't the only ones. There were some other people um, leading starting point over the years. It kind of ended up being us uh, later on. But, uh, I mean, Charlie Richmond has helped us lead and uh, some even some people from outside of the church. Uh, you know, Ken Searbaugh is a great friend that was part of that uh, leadership here. And, and we really tried to draw people from outside of the church um, to be a part of Starting Point. Uh, I think it's difficult sometimes for those that are new to the church, especially, um, or, or just curious to, to think, I'm going to go sit with a bunch of people I don't know and talk about the things that I'm struggling with. I mean, Fair. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of people, um, that's like the last thing that they <laughs> want to do. But starting point is really awesome because we really start, um, you know, with the door shut and with an agreement that we're going to talk about stuff in here that um, there's no bad questions, you know, and, and we're going to keep it keep it in here and be as vulnerable as you want to in terms of uh, your life story and God's story and where those two things interact. So yeah. um, starting point, we kind of start with uh, creation and talk about heaven and some things in between, uh, especially, you know, why Jesus had to die. And, uh, you know, I think some of the weeks, um, really just are so meaningful to me and I've done it 20 times, you know, I've led, led it 20 times or whatever. And I still get something out of it every single time. And, you know, that's God's word for you, but it's also the people, you know, Zach's parents were in there many years ago. Um, and there was a Sunday years ago, which they don't let me up front anymore on Sunday mornings, <clears throat> but there was a time when they did <laughs> give me a microphone. <laughs> and, and one of my questions was, you know, and again, this was years ago, was like, hey, if you've got questions about starting point, you can come talk to me, but 
Raise your hand in here if you've been part of the starting point over the years and, and just to see how many people, you know, had been a part of that ministry and, and get, you know, get them connected, you know, and I think that's just this multiplying effect of, you know, mm-hmm. the disciple cycle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people... <laughs> disciple cycle. I yeah, like it. for sure. You know, we're, we're so... You know, there's only so much I can do. There's only so much you can do. But when we just invest in other people and God's involved and, and works, I mean, it just it explodes. And, and we've seen that at church. And I, I wouldn't say starting point ex- has exploded because, uh, you know, it's just it's been a steady plotter as far as that. You know, God's bringing people to church that aren't ready to get plugged into a ongoing small group, but they might come to one that's uh, 10 weeks or whatever. And, and with other people Mm -hmm. that are in that same situation, it really has broken down some barriers uh, for people to, to come into that environment, which is just a natural step past Sunday morning. Right. Yeah. I think, you know, if there's people that are listening to this, that have been coming to first church and they kind of come at like 1035 when most of the people have already gone into the worship center and they sneak into the balcony and hear the message and then kind of leave right right before it's over so they don't have to talk to anybody, which again, that's that's fine if that's where anybody is. But I think at the end of that, you kind of decide, hey, there's something more, I think. Mm-hmm. And, and starting point's been a good next step uh, for that. So It's a comfortable space with... We try. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, again, like, like you said, there's, there's no questions that are off limits. Uh, and boy, just to, to really help people unpack some of the things that have, they've experienced or, you know, I, again, I love First Church and, and I think that we speak truth, but there are a lot of situations in the world where people aren't getting spoken truth and, that can get carried along uh, for many years and uh, becomes a barrier sometimes to really accepting Christ and the free gift because you can get to the point where you feel like you don't deserve it. And, and I, I feel like I don't deserve it, but I'll take mm-hmm. it. You know, I'll accept it for sure. And, and so <clears throat> I think just being a part of people really coming to understand that Christ did die for their sins and God really loves them just where they are and not some different, better version of themselves, you know, just to see that light bulb come on and see the Holy Spirit work has just been amazing. And it's, it's addictive. I, you know, if you guys have been a part of ministry, you've seen it. Like when you, when you see people just have a life change and understand joy, not happiness, but joy, Mm -hmm. you know, the peace that passes understanding, you know, to see those things happen in people's lives. I mean, it's, it's, I don't do drugs, but if I, you know, it's better than any drug. You know? It's got to be. It's got to be to just to see life change. And so it's addictive, you know. And, and I think that's what uh, what I love. And, you know, I think First Church has a lot of people that are just in love with sharing God's word. Oh. And, you know, not that, not that we've got the monopoly on that or anything, but <clears throat> I think we have enough people that just have experienced it and want to experience it experience it over and over again. And, and ultimately, you know, God, God wants us to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it's starting point's been paused for a little bit or hasn't been going on. Well, that, is that something we can get going on? Yeah, again? for sure. Yeah. I just, uh, I was talking to Brad Miller about it just uh, the other day, last week. And, and so, yeah, we're planning on to doing one in January. We usually okay. s- sort of start with the Sunday night programming. Yeah. 
And there was enough going on with the church this fall that it just wasn't together. And I don't think there was people asking for it necessarily. And I mean, maybe we don't do a great job of marketing it, <laughs> I guess. Uh, but there are a number of people that are interested that we really want to have one uh, soon. And so Brad had agreed to, to really try and make a point to make it available here in January. Mm -hmm. So really looking yeah. forward to that. If anybody has questions about that, I would love to talk to um, you know anybody about it. But we are planning on doing one in January, and we've already got a couple of people that are interested. So I'm really excited yeah. about it. Will this start with the youth kind of after Christmas break like around well, that? Uh, yeah. So right. So when when the Sunday night program starts back up in January, yeah. I, you know, it's usually a week or two. Something. Yeah. yeah I, don't know, like, we'll, I guess I don't know the date, but we'll yeah. get that way closer. Yeah, to, it's so yeah. perfect on Sunday nights because for some folks that need childcare or whatever, yeah. it's available. And so again, we can be here for ninety minutes. Your kids are going to be involved in a great, uh, mm -hmm. you know, environment regardless of their age. And so, yeah, Sunday night works out great. And, and so we'll coincide with those programming. Yeah. So if you guys want to learn more, reach out, we can get you guys connected. And Yeah, that'd be great. And again, we, we try to keep it, uh, you know, a certain size just so everybody can, can feel like they have the ability to speak, yeah. you know? So yeah, if you're, if anyone's interested, you know, we try to keep it to 10 plus or minus people, uh, no more than that, uh, in general, just so it's, mm -hmm. uh, Environment where people feel comfortable. Ten, including you guys, or uh, you know, again, that's no Whatever. special number, yeah. but yeah, ballpark. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that would be that would be sweet. Yeah, I'd, yeah, it's so much fun. Um, I think it's the moment you've been waiting for. Well, no, before that moment. Okay. I wanted to talk to you about adoption. Oh, that's right. I do. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think. In terms of things that have changed my life, I really wanted to just bring it up because I know that there, you know, are people out there that that may be thinking about it, and it's it's uh, part of my story is that that was the furthest thing from what I ever wanted to do or thought. Mm -hmm. You know, I hate to tell this story, but Jill and I had a hard time getting pregnant, which again seems weird because we have five kids. But we did. We struggled for a couple of years. And, and I said something back then that was so stupid. But I said, I didn't think I could ever love someone else's kid mm -hmm. enough to adopt. And we serve a God that hears us even when we say stupid things. And, <laughs> you know, so he put Jill and I on this path to um, become adoptive parents. And it's been so amazing to see that happen. He's opened doors along the way. And I just, uh, I really want to just thank God for that opportunity because what adoption has meant to me is a better understanding of how God looks at us. You know, we are adopted into the family of God. And sometimes we say that so quickly, but, you know, through adoption, I've looked at that and I understand that in a whole new way. You know, my natural born children, I sort of see myself in them sometimes and some of their manner, uh, mannerisms are like mine. Mm -hmm. um, but through adoption, I look at John Mark sometimes and I'm like, I, 
I don't know where you got that. I don't know where it's coming from, you know? And, and it just reminds me, it's like, I think my heavenly father is looking at me most of the time. Like, Kevin, I don't know where that what came from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, you know, just from my faith walk, uh, being a part of an adopted uh, adoption family has been so meaningful because it yeah. helps me understand God's love for us. You know, even when we, you know, don't, follow in his ways always, you know, it's not a matter of, uh, Hey, are we, are we out of the family? You know, no, it's, it's, he loves us and, uh, you know, he's willing to accept us where we are and, you know, nudge us in the right way. Yeah. He's a, a loving father in that way. But, you know, I just, uh, really wanted to, to talk about that because I know a lot of people, you know, have struggled with infertility and struggle, um, with some of these things and, and not that that has to be the reason that someone would be a part of adoptive. There's mm-hmm. so many adoptive families in this church that have just wanted to do it just because, mm-hmm. you know, we're called to take care of the orphans and the widows. And, you know, this is an outpouring of, of that for sure. Again, that's not, not the reason that Jill and I got into it or whatever. I think it was uh, more just God's leading, but you know, it's, it's really in line with, with God's will for us mm-hmm. as a community, just to, to love on, um, kids and people that that are in situations that are, um, you know, outside of the norm. So uh, again, I just yeah, I wanted to, to talk about that, and you know, anybody that is listening that does have questions about the process, and and again, our process isn't necessarily like mm-hmm. anybody else's process, but boy, I think it's just such a beautiful thing as it reflects God's uh, adoption of us, you know, into His family. And I would love to to have that conversation with anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And then a little bit of context behind that. Your youngest, John Mark, was adopted from the Philippines. Yeah. At, at what age? Yeah. So we um, we got connected with him when he was one, and brought him home. I'm not great with these things, but uh, brought him home when he was two-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, it took it took a little while to get through uh, the process, and and he's you know been with us for he's he's 13, soon to be 14, so many years with us now, and uh, it's so funny, you know, our kids are blessed to be different from one another. You know, we've got some fair skinned kids and some dark skinned kids and dark hair and light hair and, you know, and, and Jormark just fits right in with that. You know, I don't, I don't know that uh, somebody would look at our family and think that he's the only adopted one. Right. <laughs> so, uh, which, you know, again, we don't treat him any different and, and yeah. uh, you know, he's just part of the Jordans. Um, but uh, yeah, it was, um, our story with him was was that he was an infant when we got together. Mm-hmm. You know, my brother and his wife have uh, two adopted kids that were, were older. You know, I think it can be beautiful, you know, in any different way that it happens, um, which doesn't mean it's easy. You know, again, there's days when I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from. It's just, you know, this behavior or whatever is just so foreign sometimes. But mm-hmm. again, that's just a reflection of... of me and my heavenly father. So, mm-hmm. you know, he, he looks at us and he's excited about what we're doing and interested. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, it should be easy for us to reflect that to other people. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, John Mark completes your family. Like, yeah, for sure. That's huge. How God works through all of that. And 
Yeah, and it confirmed our craziness, right? You know, who, who, <laughs> who has big families these days? <laughs> you got a, a starting basketball team and a couple, <laughs> right. couple subs. Yeah, exactly. Look out. Coming to, uh, you know, a playground near you. <laughs> Freak habit. Yeah. 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 One thing John Mark is not is, is a center, but uh, I think you'd be a pretty good point guard. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know we've talked a lot about adoption and that's a huge part of my story. And even in cool ways, God's worked through, you know, that being a part of your story, it's helped me with my story and whatnot. And so um, just as you said, if people like are thinking about it or whatever, like it's great to talk about. I can totally attest to that even from the opposite side of being adopted. Um, it's it's a big community, um, but it's not. I don't know. It's not secretive, but it's not very just pouring out there, you know. Um, so yeah, if you guys want to reach out, that's huge. Um, but me as well, um, and I think we'll cook up something later, a little bit deeper with that. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing. That, that's super cool. Yeah, and, thanks for the opportunity. It's, it's just been a huge blessing, and yeah. You know, when God works and, and moves, you know, again, it's exciting to get, get involved in that way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's blessed us, um, you know, not financially because it's another mouth to feed, but, uh, you know, I just, uh, I think it's been so good for our other kids, um, you know, to see that kind of love and commitment. And, you know, it's, it's not easy, but to be a kingdom follower, it's the path not mm-hmm. taken, you know, or at least the, the, the narrow path. So, you know, that's, that's really, uh, and again, I, it's been so much more than I ever could have imagined. And again, I mess up. I'm not the great, greatest dad in the world. And again, with five kids, there's only so much time and, and all those things, but again, God, God's using what we can give. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kids are very resilient as well. And, and, uh, you know, I think just, making a situation where somebody feels loved and maybe when they've been in a situation where there was a lack of love and acceptance when there's been a situation when there's lack of acceptance, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. a huge reflection of what Christ has done for us and what our Heavenly Father is doing for us. And, um, you know, just to be a part of that is pretty awesome. Yeah. Very, very blessed. That's huge. Um, So now it's the time you've been waiting for. I, what do you mean I've been waiting for? I'm prepared. You're, I know. <laughs> and you're, I believe you're probably the first person to be prepared. No, he's about, no, no I, Michelle, Michelle's yeah. a super Quit. fan as well. My bad. <laughs> We've had a lot of people prepared. What's with these labels? <laughs> it's a good label. I can't listen to you. <laughs> <clears throat> we appreciate the support. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what is your dream vacation? Yeah, I've given this a lot of thought. Um, <laughs> You know, and I, I think my dream vacation, if there was no, uh, you know, restrictions of, of yep. money or time, would be to walk in the footsteps of Paul's missionary journeys and, you know, start in Jerusalem and you know, Cyprus and Turkey and Rome um, I think it would be really amazing. I mean, those are amazing places to go anyway, but, uh, to really think about it in terms yeah. of, uh, ministry, um, 
Jill and I had, did have the opportunity to go to Rome a few years ago, and it was such a heavy weight on me being at the Colosseum in particular, you know, knowing everything that had happened there over centuries. And I don't know, I still, I'd love to go back and just sort of, sort of live in those emotions again a mm-hmm. little bit. I don't, it's, it's sort of hard to, I mean, I, I felt this spiritual thing there much more than like when we went through the Vatican, which was awesome. But really um, from a spiritual point of view, um, the Colosseum was just really heavy hmm. on my heart being there and knowing the persecution that had happened there. And so, you know, Paul saw a lot of persecution in his travels. And, you know, I think it would be really cool just to, to walk those steps. And, and again, it's a really beautiful area as well, for the most part. I think a lot of those places are. And, and so I think it would be a cool adventure for sure. Yeah. So this is clearly a very long trip. Are you potentially? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just dreaming here. Yeah, no, I like it. Let's dream a little, little more. You're walking the whole journey. No, as, no, I'm no, just going on the journey. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I'm looking for five star resorts in this place. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, not walk. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have been more clear, but yeah, I mean, more of the destinations. So than you're the... not riding the camel too. <laughs> no, but I think you know some boat trips would be cool, and hopefully, we don't have his situation on boat trips, but. Uh, yeah, no, it not like walking his footsteps. Yeah, maybe some uh, steaks and yeah, right. <laughs> okay, you know, yeah. If it's a little beach time or something here and there, it'd be okay too. Never hurt so, nobody. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm not the Sabbath is, than that you know? or whatever. It's it's gonna be fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we when we went to Italy, it was an adventure. You know, we'd sort of set out a schedule, mm-hmm. sort of that was pretty loose, and we went with some great friends. Um, and it's had a, an adventure for sure. And I would see that in, you know, in this hypothetical, I would see that as well. I'd probably ask the same people to come with us, yeah. you know, cause, uh, it, it would be an adventure. Yeah. So you've gone on a lot of trips and I feel like, um, a lot of times your kids are outspoken on why can't we go? Are they going on this trip? No, I don't think so. (laughs) I love my children, uh, but I love my wife. And part of what has been a cornerstone of of our relationship is working on us and keeping it fresh. You know, we we don't want to be that couple where the kids move out and then we look at each other and be like, who are you again? You know, so we really do try Mm -hmm. to find time to be together, you know, us or with a group of friends, adult friends, you know, don't give me such a hard time. We we still take family vacations every year. (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like we leave the kids at home all the time, but, uh, you know, I think it's really healthy and and Jill and I have been really intentional as a couple to, uh, you know, not just in the big trips, but evenly, you know, even on a weekly date night type Mm -hmm. thing, you know, it's just, we've got to, as couples, um, keep that real, you know, and it may not be popular, but I mean, I, I support her and our relationship and, uh, you know, just at a high percentage of my time uh, she supports the kids at a high percentage. And again, we both share in that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of been, um, you know, what we've used as a model in our relationship, you know, that if, uh, that if something's missing in our relationship, 
that's going to impact the kids, you know, much more than if we're just so up in our kids' business all the time and then they leave, which we want them to, and then we've got nothing left. You know, that's uh, we've seen it so many times and we're, we're fighting against that really, yeah. really hard. So, yeah, this trip is uh, is no kids. And, and maybe as our kids get older, I'll, I'll revise that a little bit. You know, I mean, when they're adults, we can do some adventures. But, you know, really, I don't. They don't want to go with me. You know, we've got I think all this. They do. Well, you maybe you've had that conversation, <laughs> but uh, no, I don't. I don't want to be dad when I'm uh, <laughs> going through. Uh, when you're at the beach. Well, yeah. Well, that sounds worse, but uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's a healthy, uh, healthy separation. There uh, is with kids sometimes, and they can have their own dream vacation. You know. Yeah, yeah, right. And if they want to invite me, hey, there we go. <laughs> yeah. They plan everything and bring mom and dad along and pay for it all. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just have to ask them their dream vacation, see if you're included, and then... I think you're on even playing ground there. Well, I'm going to keep listening to your podcast. Maybe one day you'll have one of our kids on here. I don't know. <laughs> you can ask him and I'll learn. <laughs> Addy's up. <laughs> yeah, okay. There we go. Well, sweet. Thank you for coming on and sharing. It's, it's been, been a real, yeah, thank you. Real blessing. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yeah. You have closing thoughts or? No, again, I'm just so thankful to be part of the First Church community, or Columbia City community. Um, you know, I think there are so many uh, people, you know, better than me that sh- will come on here and have mm-hmm. been on here, you know, just to share what God's doing in their life. And, you know, uh, that's that's where I want to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be with people that are making that a priority. And again, not that we do it right all the time, but uh, to be with a group of people that are intentional like you guys are and, and just sort of getting, uh, getting the name of the Lord out there and, and talking to the people that are making that a a life priority. Uh, You know, this is, this is kind of thing I want to get behind to be a part of for sure. Yeah. We appreciate it. That's that's awesome to hear. Thank you. Yep. Um, with that being said, um, some upcoming stuff, Zach and I kind of had some talks and vision on why you look like a deer in the headlights, bro. Because <laughs> I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> of talks of getting some other church pastors on here. Um, so recently we had a worship night here. We got connected with some some men that lead other churches. So that's something for you guys to look forward to and unite the community in that. So if you guys have ideas, please reach out. Um, yeah, we, we definitely want to make this a, a big C church community, not just our, our little first church community. We want to, the whole community of Whitley County really is who we want to reach and just share everybody's story. Yeah. Well, hey, let me shout out somebody then. Yeah, you got to call out. I, yeah, I was at a prayer meeting um, last Tuesday morning, a group of guys that come together to pray for the community mm-hmm. uh, right along the lines of what you're saying. And, and we had um, Jeff Wyke from the Center for Whitley County Youth mm-hmm. come and, and share. And, and I've been a part of that uh, um over the years in different ways or whatever, but, uh, you know, just to hear him talk about, you know, talk about being intentional and some amazing things that are happening in the schools in terms of faith sharing mm-hmm. that are just awesome. You know, I think, uh, 
he would be very interesting to have on, not just for his ministry and job, but, uh, you know, he's just a really interesting and great guy mm-hmm. um, together. And, and so is his brother. I'll give Jeremy a plug as well. But, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, those are guys that are really investing in our community. And, and they're not even from our community. They're from Ohio. So, um, you know, either one of those guys, yeah. uh, Jeremy's a pastor at Community of Hope. So um, they would be awesome to be on here. Yeah. You also said you want to shout out... Um Eames, the Kevin other Eames? Yeah. No, you wanted me to shout no. out Kevin Eames. <laughs> yeah, Kevin is a part of the stewardship team yeah. uh, here at, at First Church, and he's also on the pastor search committee team with me and just an all-around great guy. So, yeah, I, I, I'm sure he'll come on eventually. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Kevin Eames, you're up. <laughs> it's been a trend where, like, People have been shouted out, and then they're the next episode. So is that right? Well, we'll good see. Luck. <laughs> <laughs> well, sweet. Um, yeah, please reach out. We'd love to get connected. Hear thoughts, concerns, questions, whatever. Uh, we will see you guys next time. Peace. Peace. Thanks, guys. <laughs>